Hey guys, this is Susan with Susan's Travel Services. Are you guys looking for a new type of luxury getaway? What about a much needed getaway to a tropical paradise? How about a romantic new adventure? Travel with us to the Sandal Select Resorts and you're gonna save. We know the resorts, we know the places to go, and we know how to take care of our clients. Contact us for more information. Have a great day. This is Susan Green. Howdy, everybody. This is Coulter Fleming. And welcome to the Backstage Travel Podcast. Here's the big question, Coulter. So you get married. Now you have a Mrs. Fleming in your house. How many towels has she thrown away? None yet. She's <gasps> too She's too busy getting ready for the ceremony this weekend. So it's next week. Well, next week I'm distracting her. We're coming back from San Diego. Then we're going to Vegas. And then we've got Christmas. And the following week we're going to Prescott. So, you know, she'll That's forget right. about this. So how many nights are you going to Vegas? Three. Nice. Are there any shows? Nothing. But, you awesome. know, there's more open there than there is here. So that's what matters. Boom. Yeah. That is very, very true. Yeah. It's probably not as good as coming to Phoenix because Phoenix is the wild west and you can just go anywhere and do anything. Yes. But Vegas has restaurants open, which is a big deal. That is true. That is very true. I hear the occupancy is like at 25%. Yeah. And there's no strippers. I'm sorry. That's a shame. That's going to be tough. That's a bummer. None of those cars driving by with the, I'll come to your room naked women. I'm sure they all look like that too. You know, it's funny how these podcasts always get into things of this nature, Susan. I just it has don't know where your mind goes. It has nothing to do with me. I'm 50. I'm in menopause. Come on. Okay. So we're going to introduce our guests. So here's the deal. So about two years ago, I was in Hawaii because I travel a lot and I'm spoiled. And um, I was in Hawaii and my foot was absolutely killing my right foot. And I had seen this foot doctor. Now, of course, if I'd seen our guest, I might not have done what I did. But he's like, look, he goes, your right foot's a disaster. I can rebuild it. It'll be great. I'll put some pins in it. He goes, it'll be great. He goes, actually, within two weeks after you have surgery, you'll be fine. Okay. So we have a trip to go to Jamaica. And I'm like, great. We'll hit our deductible on my insurance. I'll have it done on January 4th. We're going on like the 15th. This will be so easy. Lo and behold, it was not. I actually woke up during surgery while he was sticking uh, needles into my foot, which was terrible. And I guess I told him to fuck off. Dan, Dan said he could tell I was not great because when I came out, I was totally chatty. Normally, I come out very drugged up. And so we come out, we go home. And then every time I go see him for like the first two weeks before I go, he's like, you should be fine. He's totally like, not, you're fine. No big deal. And I'm like, I'm in so much pain. I'm in like scooter. I have a ginormous boot on my foot. So we go to Jamaica. Um, we come back and he literally looks at me with Dan and he goes, I don't know if there's anything else I can do for you. I mean, I guess I could send you to a physical therapist. And I was like, I don't know. I'm like, it's so much pain. You know, like it's excruciating pain. So I go home. I make that phone call that day. And we go to this physical therapist, um, Sandy, who worked there, was like, let me check. Let me check with Jeff. I'll call you back. And so lo and behold, I show up that afternoon with Dan. And I meet this totally nice guy. His name is Jeff Nicholson. He is Dr. Jeff. He has like 15 degrees like you do. Went to school forever, wicked smart. And he is so nice to me. Gentle. Your boy's wicked smart. Wicked smart. He is so nice. He's like, I hear you. I hear you and I'm going to take care of you. Gentle with my foot. I'm crying. He's like, what I really want you to do is like, don't rely on the boot. You really should start walking on it. Movement's the best. And I'm like, okay, Jeff, whatever. I totally trust you. He, you're my people. He's like, I want to see you three times a week for like a fucking year. And I'm like, oh, okay. I come back the next time. Same thing. He's like, it's okay. I'll be so nice. Third time. Now we know who Jeff is. Now he's like, okay, we're going to have you pick up some marbles with your toes. I'm like, yeah, they don't bend that way. He's like, they do now. <laughs> I was like, I hate you. Were you able to do it? Eventually. So he's kind of like silent but deadly is what I would say to him. I'm like, you come across like you're nice, but inside you're like super mean. <laughs> he's trying to push you. you, you what did you want to do? Be in a boot forever? Yes, I did. Forever. <laughs> And uh, yeah, those, those are not fun. I've had one on each foot. Not, not a great deal. Oh, 
that's no bueno. No, he worked my ass off and um, we became friends and I like to tease him. And like I said earlier, um, one of my favorite things was right. You say Vegas, right? So that was like February, right around March was the NCAA tournament. And so I'm very competitive and they have this list and they're like, who are you going to pick? And I went to University of Iowa before I went to Arizona State, which by the way, what a fucking killer game that was. And um, this past weekend. I, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. We got him fired. That's how we Kevin roll. Kevin Sumlin. Yeah, poor guy. Oh, yeah. Fuck him. Whatever. I hate U of A. Anyhow, so we, I put down Iowa and he's like, Iowa? Because who, who do you think he likes? Name a team. Basketball. Who do you think he likes? Just name it. It's the team that every stupid person likes. Duke, East Coast. North Carolina. Yeah! Duke. Yeah. So he likes Duke. But here's what's nutty is. So Iowa did actually pretty well. So of course he makes fun of me, makes fun of me. So we keep going along. And one day I'm like, he just is razzing me. I'm there three times a week, killing me, killing me. So one day I went and I took that car paint and I wrote, I love Iowa Hawkeyes on the windshield of his car at like eight in the morning. Right. So all day I'm like waiting for a text. Like, okay, he's like going to come out and see his car. It's like eight o'clock at night. And all he writes is I hate you. <laughs> he was working. <laughs> he was. And then he's like, now I have to go to the gas station and use a squeegee to get this off my car. No, and I'm like, oh my night. God. So like a month later, I'm like, oh, I got a better one. So then I went there and I felt like I was a thief. I went and put an Iowa University license plate holder around his car. <laughs> around his license plate. And then the, he didn't notice it till the next morning. And he texted me and he goes, oh my God, I didn't know where my car was. And he still has it on his car. See? Those things are hard to take off. I mean, that's a pain. Look at your face, Coulter's like, Susan, I'm never letting you touch my car. I mean. That's why you aren't a physical therapist, right? Yikes. I know. Look at your face. I think I've, I think I've ruined you. I mean, this, I know. this is kind of like the annoying little brother tactics at this point. <laughs> I mean, oh, you have no idea how much he hurt me. Hurt, pain, made fun like of. Should, I feel like we should bring on Jeff so he could yeah. defend, defend himself. Defend himself? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to welcome Jeff Ree Nicholson, Dr. Jeff. He doesn't like to be called that, but I think you deserve it for all the school that you've gone through because it is quite impressive what you have done. And as of course, I do actually really like you and care about you. So I think you're a good guy, but you are brutal. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> set the story straight here um after slandering me for 10 minutes i know one i was pleasant the whole time um, two i did not want to see you three times a week for a year i just couldn't get rid of you you just wouldn't go true. away i think that's i true. tried discharging her like 47 times i'm <laughs> coming back you know like my hip hurts my back yeah, hurts it was one thing after another after another <laughs> and then i tried to get rid of her early on in the process but she wouldn't do her home exercises that i tried to give her a million times so Anyways, enough of that, but those are hard. I still have the Iowa license plate on and I still get comments <laughs> about it all the time. I'm to get it back to you, but I just haven't yet. So thank you. For oh that. my God. Well, I love you. You are actually, I've, I've said many times, you are really good at your job. Um, we yeah. wanted to find out a little bit more. I know this story, but I know Coulter doesn't as, um, cause you're 29, right? I am 29. God, you are almost 30. You're almost I old. I know. I don't want to talk about it. It's been <laughs> a bad year to be almost 30. Well, God, thank God I got my 50th birthday party in before COVID. You got it out of the way. I know. Okay. So tell us how you, um, a little bit of your story, because if I remember correctly, you thought about being a doctor too, right? Yeah. So initially I was at ASU and I was an athlete growing up. I was a big college basketball player, big basketball player growing up. And I was going to play college basketball, I thought, and I ended up not for multiple reasons. I went to ASU for my undergraduate degree, was initially going to do medicine. And then for a lot of factors that I don't need to go into detail for, um, I ended up not, and I applied to physical therapy school actually kind of on a whim because a girl that was in one of my classes was going to physical therapy school. So I was oh. like, hey, guess what? Me too. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Seems to work. Yeah. Right. Wait, that's not so, who you're with now, is it? No, it is not. But she's oh, okay. also a physical therapist yeah. that I did meet in school too. So yeah. different story. Um, <laughs> so I ended up in physical therapy school and then I finished school, went into like a consulting rule, working with different pain management companies here in the Valley, some chiropractic groups. And that's Susan and I kind of connect. Yeah, we have a contact. A mutual friend yeah. uh, who is a chiropractor <laughs> with that yeah. group, kind of a, uh, an interesting gentleman there. 
Yes. Um, so I, I ended up leaving that group after I was the director of physical therapy for their nine corporate clinics. A lot of different reasons that I left there. And then I went into a true physical therapy group and ended up managing the clinic where I met Susan at in <laughs> North Scottsdale. And I um, ruined on, him. On that fateful <laughs> day. So that's kind of my my history, my background. And then I, I ended up leaving there early on with the COVID pandemic. And it was uh, an interesting situation. We closed the clinic temporarily, and then there was kind of a mutual parting of ways. I kind of, I, I, for a while, I was displeased with the current status quo, and it wasn't the company. It was just kind of the way that healthcare was becoming. It was very volume based, to where there was no patient care left. It was just a numbers game. So you're mm -hmm. pumping out tons and tons and tons of patients, as as many as you could squeeze in on a daily basis. I remember you said that you would go home and do like five hours of paperwork. Yeah. I mean, it was, that's one thing that comes with the territory to some extent when you're in healthcare is there's always documentation uh, requirements. So that was something that I would end up taking home with me all the time. So I was working way more than I wanted to and not really doing the things that I wanted to, which was help people. Right. So a lot of what I was spending my time oh. on was managerial things and documentation, writing notes all day long. And I wasn't able to- Susan kind of, Green won't go away. Yeah, <laughs> Susan Green won't do her homework. When I cut out part of what you missed was, um, <laughs> the reason I was able to connect with Susan so well is because she would come like seven hours early for every appointment and sit in our break room <laughs> on her laptop and do like her travel agent stuff and literally would sit there for a couple hours. I was like, do I go it home? Up, it ended up which being is nice, but- <laughs> I would be like, do I go home, which is like 40 minutes north if I was somewhere else? Or I was like, shit, I'm going to be here in like three hours. I might as well. Yeah. I put my headphones on. Sometimes I would met Razz them and be she like. She still hasn't paid her rent either. So I just no. want to throw that out there. No. They had really crappy secretarial skills there too. They had no printer. <laughs> Their Wi-Fi was kind of crappy. But he did every so often put on the tennis channel. So that was nice. That's true. That is so true. I ended up leaving and I ended up forming my own practice now that I operate on a mobile basis. And I oh. see patients basically um, in their home or gym setting. I don't have a physical office other than the one I'm sitting in that I do like administrative stuff in. And I, I again, I go to people in their home setting. It allows me to keep the overhead low, which also allows me to have more one-on-one -on -one patient care time, which is ultimately why I got into the field and, and kind of what everybody wants to do. And it's, it's really been nice so far. I work with mostly uh, elderly people. So Medicare population 60 plus on um, restoring strength, mobility, post-surgical recovery, rotator cuffs, knee replacements, um, hip replacements, all that kind of stuff. But I do see some of a younger, more athletic population. It's just somewhat limited in the home setting, what you can do. Cause obviously most people don't have a full size home gym available to them. <laughs> even Although some do. So uh, kind of all over the place. I got as far a, treadmill it's there broken yeah yeah i don't know i don't know if that would cut quite cut, so. <laughs> oh no we got uh, weights i'm sorry connor has weights out there there you go uh, that would be just perfect then but yeah, yeah. it's been really it's, a, it's been a nice transition for me it's kind of forced me to shift down in pace a little bit and and i think as a result i'm able to provide better care at the end of the day and get people well faster and uh hopefully can keep expanding on that in this in this kind of setting that i've crept into on accident to some extent so how, how do you find your, your patient base? Yeah, good question. Um, that's something that's fairly new to me. So I've been in managerial roles again, but mostly that comes down to managing the staff that's in the clinics. And for the most part, there's usually a marketing team with any of the uh, clinics that I've been with in the past. So patient acquisition is what we call it. Hasn't ever been something that's my primary responsibility. So it's a new hat for me to wear. And it has been, that's been the number one challenge that I've had. I'm very comfortable with patient care and interacting with patients. But the biggest challenge has been patient acquisition. Um, biggest thing right now has just been word of mouth. People that I've known previously that I've worked with for years and years and years that have kind of uh, latched on and they've followed me around to some extent, <laughs> kind of like Susan, except not quite as uh, bothersome. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I do have, I will say the right side of the outside of my heel hurts. Is that well, still your plantar fasciitis? Um, you know, you'd have to get someone to look at it, Susan. I can't provide an accurate diagnosis. <laughs> I tried to stand outside. So you used to have me do this exercise where you stand on a pillow and hold your other foot up, right? So yeah. I just was outside going, well, I'll try this. And my left leg, it's amazing still after two years. I can totally hold that pose. Right leg, da -da 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 -da. I was like, I should probably be doing that. And then he has these awful rubber band things. Those like 
whatever those are called that you put yeah. between your legs. Yeah. And then you like squat and like do shitty I things. Those across are around the... your legs. Yeah, yeah. I hate those. Yeah. I, I was not the quietest at the office either. No. (laughs) (laughs) I was not quiet when it hurt. I was not quiet when I was happy. I was not quiet when I was sad. Um, He did have one instance, actually. So I had an issue when I was there where I actually had to, he had to call the ambulance when I was there because I had trouble with some of my medication. And I remember I was looking at him and I started, yeah, I was like, I don't feel good. And I had already been in the hospital. And this is the, I think I told you this is the best part. We called Dan and Dan's like, take an Uber home. (laughs) (laughs) And Jeff goes, um, I I don't think I can send you in an Uber. I'm like, my head is spinning. I'm not, I'm talking slow. My blood pressure is like 190 over 140. (laughs) Yeah. And he kept going, Susan, just calm down. I'm like, I think and the I'm worst part was it was the end of the day. So I just wanted to go home. It's like 8 30 p.m. Would you like, please leave already. He had very, very uncontrolled hypertension at the time. So I'm glad that I know we had to wait for the supposedly cute firemen to come, and we did not get cute firemen, yeah, and they couldn't sure. get my veins. Big shocker. I know I'm like, come on, if you're gonna have firemen, you gotta get the hot ones. Dan just had that with a job where they show up, and Dan's like, are they- are they all models? And then the boss comes in. He's like, there he is. <laughs> there's, there's my peeps. <laughs> so it, what I would say is this, because I know that uh, we had talked about your job before. Do you feel like your passion for what you're doing is back? Yeah, I definitely feel that way. And it's been nice that I, you know, I was, I was getting so burnt out where I was before. Yeah. I know we've talked about it briefly and there was just, and not to, not to point fingers at anybody, but it was, it was becoming very corporatized healthcare to the point that it was, again, it was about the dollar signs on the, on the balance sheet at the end of the day. Yeah. And it wasn't about the person in front of you. And of course I understand that there has to be a profit in order for there to be a business available. Um, but it just became so hyper-focused on that. And part of it was the, the company that I was with was purchased by a private equity firm. So they didn't know anything oh. about healthcare. They knew a lot about right. making money. So yeah. at the end of the day, that's kind of what, pushed me away to some extent, but also I think that the, the healthcare in general is getting ready to go through some sort of an overhaul. And I'm not exactly sure what that will look like, but I think that things are kind of reaching a breaking point as far as how much volume driven it is. And people mm-hmm. don't really want that. So I'm, I'm seeing a lot of appreciation for what I'm doing now um, yeah. and that I'm able to work with people one-on-one 100% <laughs> of the time. There's no distractions. There's no Susan screaming at me in the background from the break room, anything like that, you know? So yeah. it's been it's definitely been a nice shift and it's been a downshift in pace for me. And back to Coulter's point a little bit, the, the hardest thing has been getting people aware that it is we are able to practice in this model. Because what I do still, there's a lot of people who have been doing what I do now in the past for years and years, but they have to shift away from an insurance-based model, which people don't want to do. People want their insurance right. to cover their, their healthcare services, even though they still don't a lot of the times. And I've been able to shift into where insurance companies do cover it. So I, I'd see Medicare patients, Blue Cross Blue Shield patients, a few other um, select insurance oh, companies that will work with me in that regard. Um, so it's been kind of a nice combination of things that people are still able to get the services they need and their health plans do cover it for the most part. So it's been kind of nice, but again, it's, it's hard to spread the word, so to speak. That's where Susan has actually helped. I've, I've been trying to help him. <laughs> he hates social and media the, and stuff. The digital marketing. And I just hate it. I don't like the, I'm not, I don't feel like I got into a sales field, so I don't like to sell per se. I know Coulter could probably help me with that, but um, I'm definitely learning that it's a necessary evil. But you're also probably, private. probably not even so evil. And I've said this many times, like I rarely post anything private about my life on yes. social media, unless it's my dog or maybe a kid, but I post a lot about my business, but I really don't post like, you know, I'm struggling today. Like people are like, they post everything. And I'm like, oh. It's so frustrating for me, for people. And so it's hard. And yet, I mean, I just went through with my person today, you know, 98% of my leads through Google Analytics come through Facebook. Wow. It's incredible. So, That's you know, amazing. you're kind of like, okay, 
people are searching. And I was saying this the other day, cause you're like, you don't think your people are on Facebook, uh, searching on Facebook. I'm like, but the Facebook model affects your SEO search engine. So someone like my mom, who's 85, who now needs physical therapy because she's not having her second surgery on her neck is going to go Google, Hey, how do I find a physical therapist? And you want yourself to pop up there the same way that I do. So it is, it's, it's a, it's a catch 22. And yet for me, social media is free and it's a great way to do it. But yes, I do. I tease him all the time. And then he'll be like, nah, <laughs> I can tell no, when Jeff's I mean, in the I, I he's like, that, oh, this is great. I'm yeah. Not gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you came over to more that it that yeah. it is it is more necessary than I initially thought. And I I mean, of course, when I'm starting this in my head, it's all sunshine and rainbows and it's gonna be easy. And I'm gonna I'm gonna work with somebody who's so impressed that they're gonna tell their one million <laughs> friends and then all of a sudden I'm gonna be busier than I could ever be, and then I'm gonna ride off in the sunset, you know. And um, hasn't worked out so well. It's been, there's been some ups and downs and some points of significant progress and then points where it's just like, hmm, how do I reach people? I really don't know how, cause I haven't yeah. had anybody who hasn't been overwhelmingly satisfied with the model that I'm able to bring to them for the right patient. And I'm more, ha- more than happy to tell people when I'm not the right person to work with them too. Like yeah. Susan, I'll never work with <laughs> <laughs> I know my foot hurts. He did. He came over and helped Dan with his hand. And then I said to him, well, why don't we open up your Facebook and go look for your business page? And it was so funny. He goes, oh, I already created this like four months ago. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> he doesn't even remember. I was You're like, not using it. I go, I that's not. good. Step one down. So how so. did you, how did you get into this field? Did, like what, what are the requirements for schooling to take lots on of debt, lots of debt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately not wrong. So I did a I did my bachelor's degree in science with the specialty of kinesiology, which is like the study of human movement, right? And that that's a, it's field a very fancy word. With it with it by itself, you can't really do anything with a bachelor's in kinesiology. So like you could like maybe get a job at Starbucks, I guess, if you wanted. No offense. Can't you be a PE teacher? Workers. I think you can be a um, PE teacher. You probably could be a PE teacher, but I don't like kids that much. So oh, that is no so true. That's me. very true. Yeah. But I went from there with my bachelor's degree straight into a doctoral program at Northern Arizona. So it's a three, three and a half year doctorate in physical therapy program. So technically, again, I am a doctor, but I don't like to be referred to as. So wait, do you skip the master's? Yeah, it's a, so it's 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 similar to going to a medical school, right? So it's not a it's not like a PhD, like for a PhD, you have to go bachelor's, master's, PhD oh. for a clinical doctorate, which is what they refer to it as. You just go bachelor's and then a doctoral program. Did you have to give, do you have to like, like use needles? Um, no, no needles involved at all. Oh. I know. We did a lot of cadaver dissections and stuff. So we were cutting. That's so cool. Open and peeling back fat and different layers of tissue and all that fun stuff. So. That okay, was well, probably as um, you know, and there was a lot of cool parts. It was pretty fascinating, especially when we got to the brain and stuff. But I think the weirdest part was how similar body fat after after an individual is become a medical cadaver, how much it resembles like cheese in a quesadilla. It's really oh, so and, uh, <laughs> and pre- it's it's truly amazing. <laughs> it does look like that. So. Oh, you're like, and it's Taco Tuesday at our house today. Uh, So thanks, Jeff. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) That's about that when you're putting your uh, shredded cheese on there. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. So, I mean, I love science. I thought it was awesome, but I was not dedicated enough. Way too ADHD, way too social. (laughs) I was like, "Mm, I'm not going to do that. So weren't you going to go play at Grand Canyon? That was the original plan. So Russ Pennell, I don't know if uh, you guys have heard of him. He was temporarily at U of A, the bad school Boo. down south. Yeah, who cares about and that? And then he moved to Grand Canyon. So the coach who was recruiting me to some extent, I wasn't, I went to a small school way on Queen Creek. I was pretty good. I wasn't like the best player ever or anything, but I played in the state all-star game and I got oh. quite a bit of, um, I guess, recognition to some extent through that and some tournaments towards the later part of my senior year. So I got a couple different looks and offers. So he was going to recruit you to play always at Grand Canyon? Because you played um, at the so it was at, it was a position? different coach. It was a different coach. I was a combo guard, point guard, shooting guard. So, so Russ tall, ended up I guess... Russ ended up taking over the spot of the guy who was initially recruiting me. So that's kind gotcha. of how it fell through there. And but then didn't you I get had hurt a couple in high other. School? I did. I hurt my back. Um, right. Lift, 
connecting with a guy, one of my friends who played at a school in Montana. And you were like uh, trying to be so macho, I was right? Trying to be macho man. And I was deadlifting and I just lift too much weight that I shouldn't have been doing and hurt myself. And it kind of led to a, a little incident in my life where I was taking muscle relaxers and oh, I no. couldn't sleep. And it was kind of a bad, uh, it was a bad situation. And then I got hooked on NyQuil. I was drinking like a half a bottle of NyQuil a night and stuff. So it was a bad Wait. deal, but I snapped out because they wouldn't prescribe me any more drugs. So that was a good thing. Good job. Okay. When did you get your tattoo? Um, I was 17, 17. You shouldn't be able to get a tattoo at 17. I got friends in low places. So remind So, but it's ginormous. It is ginormous. But how come you got it? Did you get like money or something? I I was in a fantasy football league <laughs> oh, that's it. and I won and I had 350 bucks burning a hole in my pocket and I was like back tattoo and it's like covers 90% of my back and I, I was supposed to go back and get it finished. I never got it finished. It hurt so bad that I did not want to go get it finished. So I was like, I just, I'm good with what I got here. So <laughs> you can't terrible. see it anyway. And, and my girlfriend, Lindsay, gives me a very difficult. <laughs> What's that, Coulter? What, what is it? It's my family crest. Very poorly done and very faded. <laughs> it looks like maybe a uh, nine-year-old were to like try to copy an image of a family crest. That's about how it came out. So, oh my god, I gotta see it. I gotta see a current photo. I love that Lindsay. I gotta meet. I gotta. I gotta meet Lindsay. I gotta. I gotta. I love people that are gonna razz on that. Connor's like, I'm gonna get a tattoo, and this came up the other night, and I go, No, you're 19. I go, Hey, you live here. I go, Ask Jeff. He goes, Jeff. I go, Yeah, big mistake. Big mistake. I mean, I don't. It's no big deal. I don't think. I don't even think about it really ever until Lindsay's. Because you don't see it. Exactly. <laughs> Can't even see it if I try. I waited till my late forties to get my tattoos. I'm yeah. like, mm. how big is it, Jeff? Um, shoot, I don't know. For re- it's, I mean, it takes up probably seventy percent of my upper back. It's, <laughs> oh my god, it's bigger than my head. We'll just put. It how long way. did it take? I don't remember exactly, but it was like three to four hours, and I was bleeding, and I was. Oh my god! And- yeah, dying. It's color too. Yeah. It has color. It is color. That. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So, you're yeah, like, don't do that. Don't win fantasy football when you're a young kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not what you do with your $350. I was going to, I thought, I thought you would have put that money towards books or something. You know, if I could go back, I'd probably buy Bitcoin. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I, yeah. I wish that I put it towards books or something. So when you graduated from PT, were you like, did you know what your passion was? You wanted to work with, wonderful middle-aged women that were in a lot of pain and really needed some sensitivity or Um, did you have a passion of what you really wanted to do? Yeah. You know, when I graduated PT school, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, And I had done my clinical rotations and I did them in a couple different clinics that I was like, I know what I don't want to do and that's it right there. So I didn't really. When did you work in the ER? Uh, it was one of my, it was my last rotation. So gotcha. it was with, uh, it was in St. Joe's in Tucson. And right. that was uh, quite an experience. And that really made me realize that I did not want to work in the hospital because there was, <laughs> there was like gunshot wounds and all that kind of stuff that we had to deal with. And we were responsible for a lot of the wound care in the ER there. Too. That's what so you there said. Was, there was a lot of gross things that you would never expect. And uh, I'll never forget one time there was this this uh uncle and nephew that came in the nephew was probably 19 or something like that the uncle was obviously older 30s and they both they were big they were both over six foot over 250 pounds each and they were there because they both had wounds on their butt cheek that's right (laughs) and uh they were wounds that they ended up contracting from each other because they shared the same toilet and it was a tunneling form of like a back of a antibiotic resistant bacteria that basically infected all the way down to their bones. So we had to, so like um, MRSA. Yeah, it was a, it was like a strain of MRSA. Yep. So we had to essentially stuff gauze impregnated gauze is what they call call it. So it's a gauze with like an antiseptic solution. Yeah. It's yellow. Yeah, and you. I had to put it in Dan's face. There you go. Dan had MRSA on his face. I had to shove it into his face. That's called "I love you." Twenty-seven years. I remember going. I don't want to do this. It's nasty, but it's yeah. It's yellow, sticky. 
Yeah. So we had yeah. to basically take oh that God. and stick it down and it had to be going through that much of butt Oh my god. So it was not a pleasant experience and that's why How I did was they like, get this? You know. <laughs> they uh, shared a toilet. We, who who knows how they got it initially but they ended up spreading it to each other by sharing the same toilet. So be he careful. shared this with me while I had a wound on my foot and yeah. I was like, my wound is really bad. And he's like, you don't know bad. It's not as bad <laughs> as it could be, yeah. And I was like, no, I go, because then I went back to the guy and then the guy scraped the shit out of my wound, which was very painful. And he's like, yeah, I would have done the same thing. And I'm like, who are these people that don't care about my feelings and how much I hurt. Um, so yeah, it was like, he's like, no, let me tell you this story. And I remember going, Oh my God. I thought I could yeah. work at the ER. Not so much. Yeah. No. It was, uh, it was brutal. So that's how I knew <laughs> I didn't want to be there. So I ended up from there. I, um, actually I did consulting for about six months after I graduated. So I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Yeah. I had a friend who, um, was a partial owner of this chain management company here in the Valley. And he, he was kind of hands off and he um, basically was like, Hey, we could, we could use you to just kind of get things on the up and up as far as what we're doing with our physical medicine department, which is what they called yeah. it. So I started with them as a consultant and then I was going from clinic to clinic, kind of making sure they were doing all the right things, checking all the right boxes, billing for things the right way. And then eventually they were like, Hey, we just want to, we want to start a physical therapy department at all of our clinics and we want you to be our guy that leads the way. So yeah. uh, I went on with them and that's kind of where that went for a little bit. And then I ended up leaving that and I don't right. miss it at all. <laughs> no. Do you like um, leading other people? Cause I'll tell you that part is so hard for me. Leading other people. Like being the boss. Yeah, I do. I mean, I think that I think that the, what most people get backwards is that you really work for other people. You end up working for the people that you technically are leading, right? So you just got a, a lot of mouths to feed and a lot of people to keep happy all the time. But it was yeah. nice. I mean, you you met the team that I had at, at that yeah, clinic good there. Team. I couldn't I couldn't have asked for better people. Sandy, but I you had to let them go a couple times. A couple yeah. people too. Yeah, which yeah. But yeah, they were even they were good people. Sandy, me and Lindsay just went to dinner at her place probably Aww. a couple months ago. And then Isaiah, I keep in good touch with too. So I was very fortunate. Oh, there's another person at the office that liked to make fun of me. Yes. Yes, mm -hmm. he did. He yeah. did. He, he will admit that. He had this stoic face and he'd be like, mm-mm. And I'd, <laughs> I'd literally look at him and I'd be like, you're totally messing with me. And he's like, no. <laughs> he was pretty good. He had a good poker face. He was pretty good. And I was we like, no, no, no. And I'd come at the end of the day because I, I work and try to make money. And they were just, they were on a roll. They were like, here she comes. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably 25 years younger than most people that are in there, but, um, and I'm oh, sarcastic. We had, we had a lot of older folks in there too. You it was did. in North Scottsdale. What do you want? You know, I know. I remember you getting in retirees. trouble for throwing the ball on the wall behind you. It was a travel agency. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The guy <laughs> came and yelled at me. We had like, uh, we had a little springboard. It's called a rebounder that you can use for like different balance and agility drills. I was throwing it against her. I had a patient doing it. And this guy came from across the way and came and yelled at me. So I don't like travel agents by nature. Yeah, I know. Wow. I know. I know. So I know you talked about another idea, but you said this is not feasible right now. What was your idea about the online time? Do you still have that? That's kind of the, that's kind of the downfield idea that I would like to get to at some point, but I had to work, <laughs> you know, I had to, what? had to find a way to work in the interim. So I would still like to do that. It's been on the back burner for a long time, but I'm enjoying doing what I'm doing now. I am. And it's been, it's been challenging and fun, um, frustrating, a lot of frustrations, but it's been good yeah. for the most part. Yeah. How quickly do you get paid? Um, it depends on the insurance company, really. I mean, obviously, I have I have some patients who will are out of network, so they will basically just pay me um, mm. my rate, and then they will get in, reimbursed to some extent from their insurance company if they have out of network benefits. Uh, Medicare, for example, they're the easiest to work with, and they make it easy for their patients, and they make it easy for their providers, being me as well. Um, so they take 14 days from the time that I submit the bill, 
they the money's basically processed in 14 wow. days so unless there's any hang-ups or anything like that which that's also been something that's been a challenge for me because i always had someone to do my billing and all that kind of stuff on the back mm-hmm. end and now yeah. i've taken it more in-house so it's been a little bit challenging but but fun oh i hate that part i just yeah. hired my daughter mackenzie to follow up for the people that don't pay the companies oh, if it's wrong good. now is Lindsay working with you yet um, she's, she's a neurological clinical specialist and she's pretty busy at, she works at St. Joe's downtown, um, mm-hmm. in their neuro rehab department. So she, mm-hmm. she keeps busy with that. And I haven't had any patients that really require her level of skill to this point, not to say yeah. that I'm not skilled in my own right, but <laughs> people who are post strokes or things yeah. like that, traumatic brain injuries, spinal cord injuries, all that kind of stuff. That's her neck of the woods. So I haven't had anybody that requires her care to this point yet, but at some point down the road, she'll be able to hop on board with me as well. And for you, you're not engaged yet, right? Not yet. Ooh, no, there's there's nothing. nothing I used to tease him about, I try to set him up with people and he's like, nope, not interested. But then I show up one day and he's like, well, and I'm like, what? So yeah. Yeah. You guys are not ready. You got, does she want kids? No, no kids either. Yeah, she does. She definitely does. We'll oh. get there. Well, Coulter can share that with Coulter, you. Coulter, <laughs> are you going to have kids? Oh, she'd have them now. I said, I go, that's your wedding gift. <laughs> no. no. Plenty of time. No kids in the future for you? Uh, yeah. I mean, of course. Okay. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm ready today. I mean, yeah. still got to get married this weekend. I mean, there's, you know, <laughs> a lot of steps between now and Sunday. I mean, sure. <laughs> it's hard because Tori's what, 34? Uh, 35, yeah. Ooh, yeah. It's a tough age. That's What's wrong the, with that? That's the amniocentesis. The odds of having issues with your child after 35 go up by 40%. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Fertility, fertility medicine is getting very, very advanced these days. So don't Oh, that's what you want. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's what you want to pay for. Whatever. Or don't have kids and have... a. My daughter's on here. She's amazing. It takes them till they're 24. Because <laughs> Connor right now, Connor would show up there. Connor had orange, yellow, green. Right now he has a skunk mohawk. Yeah. I saw Connor for a little while. He was dealing with knee issue, I believe. Yeah, playing basketball. Or something. I don't yeah. remember what he was working He complains. With, but I'm a really always, good mom. He'd always schedule appointments at like 6.30 in the morning. And I was like, I know you're not coming to that. Like, there's no <laughs> chance you show up. <laughs> You He's like, oh, I totally forgot. Like, yeah. He probably does charge people, but I didn't get charged because I was special. Yes, I, you were so special. <laughs> I have to show up and I was like, either if I was dressed up, I'd have to go put on. And then I had to do these like, he put two cones. I just moved my cones because I bought them. I haven't used them in a while. And he put two cones and he, and this is what Jeff always says. Every time I say it, I hear it. It's like, come on. <laughs> She needed, she needed oh. motivation. She needed motivation. Oh. <laughs> and I literally, sometimes I, I would it. collapse on the ground. I'm like, I'm dead. And then he's like, go ride the bike. I'm like, oh, I hate you. Why would I want to ride the bike? He's like, it's good for you. Don't wear shoes. But what was crazy for me was everything that he said was so different than what my doctor said. So like my doctor's like, by the, like he, Jeff goes, let me guess. You bought the orthotics. I'm like. Yeah, I totally just did for 500 bucks. He's like, you don't need those. I'm like, what? He's like, you shouldn't have the surgery. I'm like, oh my God. Like, well, like, I don't, I don't know if I came out and said that. No, but you're like, you're like, but there's a lot that you can do. So like my left foot struggles with some of it, but he's like strengthen. And you know, and so it was like, there's so many things that you could do that. It, and I will say this about medicine. We just watched um, something about it totally sidetracked but about the parents uh one of the moms from the uh columbine shooting and she was saying they were talking about uh, medicine and about how they don't help prevent in the school district they all they do is react so if your child has trouble they treat the child instead of going they go like with heart disease we said how do we prevent heart disease not how do we treat it and so I said to Dan, I go, that's so true with medicine. It's like we get in and he goes, the amount of money we spend in our, in our country is 95% in response to what happens. Yeah. Instead of how does Dan and Susan feel better 
so that when I'm 55, I don't, you know, like my back doesn't hurt and stuff like that. And that costs us money. And then they said, there's this theory that is the dollar that you spend on a child before they're 10. If you don't spend that on preventative, it'll cost you $13 when they come into the, when they become an adult mm, per wow. because of the amount of money it's going to cost us to take care of them. And I was like, there, I was like, I feel like I'm listening to Jeff. <laughs> so do you have a good you got question? one good thing out of what I said. I did. I like you, whatever. Um, now, uh, Coulter's also been an athlete too. Coulter, what did you do in college? Uh, in, in, in college, I, I flamed out then too. I was going to play <laughs> baseball and football and oh, yeah? ended up on the club rugby team for a little bit, but nice. uh, club, ru- club rugby. Yeah. Just, just for a hot, hot second. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I wish I would have played, I was like, you know, struggling with, um, childhood epilepsy at that time. And so, um, I couldn't get my doctor to sign off on playing football and because of the medication I was on, I couldn't see the baseball anymore. um, Yeah. You know, that's not good. Um, um, I mean, I could see it, but not like I was seeing it, you know, two right. or three years prior. Um, wow. And so I just, I just gave it up. And then, you know, I sort of got into, you know, clubs and other extracurricular activities that I had always thought about, you know, growing up, but never really pursued. And so um, I became like a rehabilitated jock and then sort of became like <laughs> a, you know, overly involved nerd a little bit for a little while. Um, Whatever you work out every day, once or twice a day. Oh yeah. I mean, I love, good, man. I love that. Yeah. And I've, I've got a good relationship with my chiropractor. He's also our officiant this weekend. So, wow. well, he was Tori's roommate for a while too. And they're friends from college, but um, oh, that's cool. yeah. So, I mean, I, I believe in total, total wellness. I think, um, I think what you do is, is really awesome. And I hope to see your, um, your business blossom appreciate that. Tell us about your life. Tell us, you know, tell us about some travel experiences or, you know, get, get us into some things other yeah. than, uh, than Jeff at work. Yeah, Jeff has a uh, dog. This, this week has, or this year has been uh, lack thereof anything other than work really. I mean, it's been, uh, as you guys know, it's been an interesting one. Um, previously though, I did like to travel a lot and Lindsay, my girlfriend, she's a big, she's a big traveler and she likes to get out. We still do. We'll, we'll go, I think two or three weeks ago, we went to Sedona for a hike for the day. We'll go. We, we like to hike every once in a while. She likes to hike more than I do. So we like to get out and do that kind of stuff to stay busy a little bit. But, um, previously I like to travel and I, I think as Susan knows up, oh, my dog's losing it. I do have a dog too. Like she said. Now you tell me that you don't mind flying as much now, right? Um, I don't hate it, hate it, but I'd prefer not to at, at all costs, really. I'd rather drive. Really? I just feel out of control when I'm in the air, so. Oh, do yeah. you get nervous? Like, do you grab the hand? Turbulence, I freak out a little bit, oh. yeah. yeah. Especially my dad lives in Seattle area, so when we're going up there, there's always turbulence, so that's, yeah. that's never very much fun. Well, Phoenix is also a very turbulent city because of the valley and the heat pressure. So yeah. it's always a bad airport to land in. And then you shared another story about taking the bus. Yeah, uh, train, actually. <laughs> train. So that was the worst. You asked for a bad travel trip, <laughs> and that was the worst travel trip ever. I think I was 13, 14, 15, something like that. I was a teenager. And I have an older sister, one year older than me. And my parents separated when I was young. So we traveled to see my dad and come back to my mom. I lived with my mom full time. So my dad lives in Washington and we, we were pretty poor. I mean, my parents didn't have much money when we were growing up and everything. So the cheapest way to get to Washington is via train. So my sister's all stoked about it and she really wants to ride this train. And it's supposed to be like a I think like a 16 hour trip on the train and takes up the Pacific coast of California, supposed to be beautiful, beautiful, whatever. I'm just a kid. I just want to get there and get it over with. So my mom drives us to Flagstaff to get on the train, hop on the train, just me and my sister, 14, 15, 16, whatever. I don't remember how old we were. And uh, we're alone on the train. It's kind of cool at first. And then the train gets delayed by like 12 hours. We're stopped for like 12 hours. And then we go a little bit more and we're stopped for another 12 hours. I think total, it was like 
a 40 something hour trip until we got there. It was a nightmare. And we're sleeping in these chairs that sit up about as straight as my chair that I'm in now. And you just got to like kind of bundle up and do your best to sleep. There's no showers. There's no nothing. The one good thing was that the dining car, um, which you could go to for your meals, obviously. And we had some spending money for meals had the best chicken fried steak nice. ever, <laughs> ever, ever. And I'm, I'm a sucker for a good chicken fried steak. So oh. that was, that was that. And I'll never forget. I was, again, I was a teenager and we go to, we get to Portland. We had to pass through Portland and they have a big train station there. And this guy that we were on the train with, he had to be in his thirties. Um, we get off at like the same time and he's like talking to me. I'm like, just a kid. And he gets out a pack of cigarettes and he starts smoking. He's trying to convince me. He's like trying to sell me on why I should smoke a cigarette. Oh my God. I was like, no, I do not want a cigarette. Yes. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm totally yeah. good. That is so We finally funny. got there and then we ended up, because we hated it so much, we flew back. I was like, I will not get back on that train. So Was that your first but, flight? Uh, no, not my first flight, but uh, that okay. was, that was, uh, that was the last train ride. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. sounds terrible. Oh, it was awful. My dad loves train museums so much that we've gone to almost all of them in the United States. And I've been to about eight in Europe that we used to go to Maine. We used to go to Kittybunkport, Maine, where I didn't realize that house we were looking at was the bushes. And we'd go back every year to see how much more track they laid down on the track. Yeah, it's nuts. Here's a fun fact about Jeff. Jeff doesn't like condiments. Speaking of food, (laughs) every single time I make something, I made a sandwich today, cheese, mayonnaise. I was like, well, that's right. Jeff hates mayonnaise. Jeff doesn't like ketchup. Nothing. What do you got against it? What did it do to you, Jeff? (laughs) What did it do to you? Oh, I love it. I don't know. I just have never liked them. So I don't like ranch, ketchup, mustard, mayo. (laughs) So like, I'm literally like, so cheese sandwich, no mayo, nothing, just cheese on bread, dry. Yes. Burger. What do you put on a burger? Um, veggies and cheese. <laughs> That's about it. God, you missing out. It's good. That's what Lindsay says to you. Lindsay's a big condiment girl. She likes, we just had pizza last night and she likes lots of ranch on ranch. her pizza and everything. So yeah. Y- y'all live together? Yes, we do. Do you have a weird habit there, Jeff, that you want to share with us? Um, you have a quirky habit. After living with Lindsay, do you go, yeah, I got a weird habit that she picked out? You know? So like, here's why. When Dan and I got married, I shared this before. I grew up in a house built in 1910. I was the number six of a family of six. You could not flush the toilet or you had no water in the shower for three hours, like at all. So we get married and I go pee and then I leave the toilet. And Dan's like... You, you're going to flush that? Yeah, that's I was like, no, I'm getting in the shower. He's like, be nice if you flushed it. <laughs> we've been married. We've been together 30 years. I still, every so, I'm like, I should, I should flush that. It's such ingrained in my habit of, um, yeah, like, okay. And we didn't, we didn't live together until we got married. But I do think, I'm sure my daughter can say this. There are some idiosyncrasies of, like, I could give a shit about making the bed. It is such a thing for Dan. I guarantee you, Coulter, you like your bed made. Oh, immediately after. <laughs> yeah. Give a shit. But I will balance your checkbook and I will make a ton of fucking money for you. See, everybody's got their things. <laughs> they do. I don't know what my thing is really. Like I, I make the bed. Your dog likes to sleep in, in your bed though. My dog does like to sleep in my bed. How does Lindsay like that? Uh, he doesn't sleep in the bed anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there you go oh i like her (laughs) he's so cute though he is cute he is cute that he does post about his dog what kind of dog is it he's a chocolate lab oh what's his name his name's otto o-t-t-o that's his baby Coulter, do you have any more questions before we move on to our game that i'm going to win what what makes you think you're going to win this week i mean do we even have the tally set up yet mackenzie's working on the tally by the way Mm. Um, she's working on it. And this week is sports facts and Iowa history. So here's the way the game goes. Uh, Jeff, you get to be with Coulter on this and you guys get to great basketball team this year, by the way. Oh, well, you can, you can drive around with pride now. Thank you. I I got your back. So you guys can, uh, go together on this and you can answer and I will take one answer. There's no iffies. Okay. So question number one. 
Has Iowa ever won the Rose Bowl? Hmm. I mean, the, the, only time in, the only time in my recent memory that I remember them going was against USC and um, I was dating Dan then. They, I mean, they, they lost. Uh, oh no, they, I remember that. Yeah, you know, they sorry. Had, they had a they had a good team, but they they got killed. Yeah, that was awful. I'm gonna trust you on this one, Coulter. I, I don't no think idea. so. Your answer is no. Yeah, no. That would be incorrect. Oh. Iowa has been selected as the national champion in 92, I'm sorry, 21, 22, 56, 58, and 60 by then CAA major selectors. Iowa convincingly won the 1956 Rose Bowl, 32 to 12, setting or tying six Rose Bowl records. Wow. That was, that was before any of us were ever born. Yeah, yeah, you know, you brought up the fucking wedding ring and you were wrong. So I, mean, I get to go hard too. Um, okay, so the second one is the Hawkeyes basketball team, which rocks, has played in 26 NCAA tournaments, eight NIT tournaments, and has won the Big Ten regular season's conference championship. It still should be called Big Ten. It's so weird. And they have won the Big Ten tournament twice. Iowa has played the final four on how many occasions and have they won? You got some tough questions here. Well, you know, that's not... I can't remember them being in the final four, but again, you're probably going back to like 1921, which <laughs> I don't have. Well, I'll tell you, it was not twenties. It's beyond that. It's beyond. But that. one of them, you, one of them, I was alive. Oh, okay. So, okay. So they've at least been in the final four. <laughs> Shit. God, you're sneaky. How many times? Um, Three or four. I'm going to say they have one, one title. And yeah, let's go with four final fours. So Iowa has played in the final four on three occasions, reaching the semifinals in 1955 and 1980 and playing the championship game against University of San Francisco in 1956. And they won. All right. So we got the number of titles, correct? You did. Uh, yeah. So you got the number. T- so I'll give you half. Um, by the way, this was an interesting point. I thought the University of Iowa has a long tradition of producing players that go on to star in the NFL. They rank as the 11th most they take from their team. So here are some of the players. And I know only one of them, but you might know them. They have 13 world championships in the NBA. So let's see. BJ Armstrong. Is that NBA? Matt Bullard. Fred Brown, Bob Hansen, John Johnson, Ronnie Lester, Don Nelson. Don Nelson is NBA, yes. Because all of them went to the NBA from Iowa. Iowa's football, I mean, basketball stadium is really cool. It's um, ground level, and you walk down into it. I saw REM there. That's cool. I did, before you both were born. They have a really good team this year. I think that they're going to win the national championship this year. Oh, my gosh. You just be still my heart, Jeff. And you can walk around with proud. You can yeah, proud, proud. You can walk around with your, you'll be like, yeah, I got that license plate. I knew it. Put some money down. Okay. Now I'm going to see if culture can get this before Jeff can come in because I think Jeff, no, Jeff better know what this is. Okay. The strongest muscle of the body is what? And if you don't, I mean, culture, I'm giving you a couple seconds. If not, let's go see what Jeff says. I like this muscle. If that helps. Hmm. Maybe the heart? Hmm, that's a good guess, but that would be incorrect. That is a good guess. So what would you I say, Jeff? The, I think that the answer you're looking for to this question is not actually the correct answer, but you're looking for the tongue. No. No? No. That's what, oh, okay. Um, I would say it is the, the masseter muscle, which is the jaw. Okay, that's what I was... Which has to do with talking. Yeah. <laughs> And chewing mostly, not as much talking. But well, it has to do with talking because I have a, that's a hard question to define. Because is it the strongest muscle as far as force production, or is it the strongest muscle by size? And that would be by size. So you need to specify. Oh, better. I think they meant by force. Let me go look. Strongest. Oh, strong. Jeff, I was just wondering, have you ever seen like some crazy sports injuries? I was watching the 
TCU uh, Louisiana Tech game this weekend. And on one of the last plays of the game, TCU had already put the game away. The poor quarterback for Louisiana Tech suffered one of the most grotesque broken legs I think I've ever seen. Was it like uh, high, like the guy that has leg pop out in the 80s or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, if the worst it, that I've ever seen is Gordon Hayward, the basketball player. When you saw was, that though? No, I wasn't there for it, obviously. Yeah. As far as like working with a patient. Um, you know, I had a patient that I just discharged last week who was a painter. He was a, like a house okay. painter. I know I'll tell Dan about this. He fell off scaffolding and he fell and had a compound fracture in his lower leg. So tibia, fibula, the two bones there, just like Gordon Hayward's injury. And it actually cracked his knee in half. So the knee oh. had two condyles that sit like this. His cracked in half like that. They had to go in and surgically repair everything. He's got plates and screws, a bazillion of them in there. And then following the surgery, he had um, compartment syndrome, anterior compartment syndrome, which means that there's there's fascial layers of your leg without getting into too much detail. Basically, there's a confined space in your leg, in the front of your leg, like by your shin, right? And if there's too much swelling or sometimes muscle growth, then you get what's called anterior compartment syndrome. And it's basically the pressure in your leg is building to a point that it's occluding blood flow. So you're not getting as much blood flow to your feet and stuff. And if left untreated, then they could have to amputate your leg. And no way. Have permanent nerve damage to your lower leg and feet. They have to go in surgically and they have to cut open the tissue and basically give it room to breathe. So not only did he have an extremely nasty fracture where his leg literally- Oh, that's awful. There. His leg was just barely hanging on by a thread, but then he had to go have this fasciotomy as well. So not necessarily sports as much, but uh industrial sport, I guess. God, that's man, so that's a bad one. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. That's, no, that's awful. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty, pretty bad. bad. I had Ajgood Schlatter disease when I was yeah, a child. Not quite so bad. I would say the worst things that you see is people who have sports injuries and or orthopedic procedures and then proceed to get an infection. So like people who have hip replacement. Like Alex Smith. Yes. Nasty. Who's that? Did you watch that, by the way? Project 13 or whatever it was called? Not yet. I've heard great things. I've heard it's awesome, too. I haven't watched okay, it. Okay. Who's Alex Smith? He's the quarterback for the Washington Redskins now. He Washington football team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Football team. <laughs> that's He's right. Football team now, too. So what happened to him? Oh, that's the guy that has the, that, the leg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't believe injury. he came back. Yeah. yeah, his leg was so much smaller. Good too. He's doing good, doing well. Wow, that is that that is someone who's driven. Yes. Yeah. Okay. My last question. Let's see if Coulter knows what this is. I'm probably not even pronouncing it right. What's a Johnny Johnny Metri? <laughs> Johnny Johnny Meter. G O N I O M E T E R. I don't, I can't read and spell. Goniometer. Thank you. Goniometer. It doesn't go with the goiter. It sounds like that, but it doesn't. I can't say I'm familiar with this. Um, I'm going to go to Jeff on this one. Yeah. I hope you know what this is. You used uh, it on yeah. me. Just like a little thing that's been associated with physical therapy forever and it shouldn't be anymore, but it just, it's used to measure joint angles. It's just like a little plastic, like a protractor that you measure. Yeah. He'd be like, how far can Susan bend her toe? Right. And then Something he'd use like that. that. Okay. And this, I guess I have one more. I'm sorry. What is the nickname of physical therapists known in Great Britain, Australia, and Canada? What are they called? Nurses. Oh, that Ooh. is not, eh, but I'm I'll offended. give Jeff a chance. I'm offended. No, I'm just <laughs> They're called physios. Oh, you are correct. You ding, ding, ding. Okay. So really... I'll give you, we'll say we're a dead heat because, you know, you kind of got half of that right, but, All right. you know, fascinating. And I'm sure you guys could sit here and talk more about some gross um, sports injuries, but, you know, then we'd have to start talking about more Iowa, maybe the Bears, Super Bowl shuffle yeah. time. <laughs> no, thanks. I know. So what's on your next thing? Are you going to start a podcast yourself? Um, maybe. You're like, this is so much fun. I can't wait. Uh, you know what? I, I do enjoy stuff like this, just getting to talk to different people from different professions and stuff. I've thought about it. I have 
Um, there's a lot of people who already do it, obviously. So I'm, I don't feel like I have to reinvent the wheel, but I just, oh, God. I want to be in uh, at least, uh, what am I, what am I trying to say here? I want to have it be Current. somewhat unique. Right. So, um, I don't know what my idea would be if I did do it, but maybe at some point in the future, talking to different orthopedic physicians or different people in the healthcare field, just kind of getting a different perspective on things. But well, that's awesome. Well, I think you should do videos on the things that you can help people with because I think you do a great job. Honestly, I think you have that gentle touch, and I think you do a great job. You're wicked smart, and um, I just wish you the best. I'm always happy to help you. You're one of my favorite people. I appreciate it. You know, I ran into an issue right before this that I was trying to make a social media post in Canva, which you put me on to. <laughs> yeah. And I can't figure out how to do it right. So I'll pick your brain at a later date. Maybe yeah, you got Canva's it. Canva's great. Backstage Travel Podcast is hosted by Susan Green and Coulter Fleming. Editing, producing, and managing by Mackenzie Green. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Visit our Facebook page and send us your travel stories at info at backstagetravelpodcast.com. Susan and her team at Susan's Travel Services have a passion for what they do and want to get you to your dream destination. They're so dedicated to giving you the experience of a lifetime that they'll help you at no cost. To learn more, find them online at Susan's Travel services.com.